Hi everyone, welcome to Gender and Climate, Seneca. In this podcast, we talk about the nexus of gender and climate change and how people are affected. So, let's get started. Today, I'm going to be talking to Vrinda Kaura from India. She's the co-founder and business designer of PreCycle, aiming to bring a systemic change in the global plastic system. And what plastic solution and the nexus of gender and climate change has to do with each other, that's what Vrinda and I'm going to talk about. Hi Vrinda, I am so, so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for sharing this platform with me, Annika. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> um, Brenda, to give listeners a little outline of who you are, where you are, what your background is, um, mm -hmm. I would like to ask you, um, where are you right now and where actually did you grow up? So at the moment, I'm speaking to you from India. Um, and I was born and brought up in this country. Um, and most of my formal education was also done here. However, I did go for my master's uh, in innovation and entrepreneurship uh, to a Sade Business School in Barcelona. And that's how I got the taste of the so-called West, Western side of the world. And I like to believe that I'm a mixed uh, bag of experiences from the east and the west <laughs> but you have been been brought up in india where exactly about in the west of india i come from a city called surat and it's in the state of gujarat and well i get to know that well everywhere in this world environmental pollution and plastic pollution is um well a very very big problem And you're speaking to me from India. How is the case in India? So plastic pollution uh, or plastic waste management is something that both the developed and the develop developing nations haven't gotten right. Um, in developing nations like India, the sector is highly informal. What that means is that waste workers who are working at the moment on ground they are not registered and have no access to social welfare or health uh, healthcare. Um, so what this means is that somebody who's picking or collecting waste uh, doesn't have access to fair employment. Uh, their families are stuck in a social rut because nobody essentially cares about them at the moment. I mean, by nobody, I mean uh, essentially the institutions. They aren't doing enough to give them formal employment. Um, plastic waste management, of course, is also failing in developed nations like Germany because 68% of the waste is essentially incinerated or burnt, which means that we are... Plastic is made of crude oil. We are burning oil to produce energy, and obviously that's creating carbon emissions, which brings us to the topic of how is plastic really related to climate change? Because there are a lot of emissions because of plastic incineration, right? And second bit is that 
countries, developed nations have been exporting their plastic waste to developing nations like Turkey, Philippines, India, Malaysia for decades now. So essentially, your the plastic waste is being exported to countries that don't even have the infrastructure to handle their own waste, mm-hmm. which leads to a lot of dumping in landfills, um, in our water bodies. So we've come to a point where plastic is in our environment. It's in our food chain. And uh, recent studies also show that there are mi- microplastics found in human bodies as well. And um, that brings me to my next question. Um, you were just talking about the, the, the collectors of plastic. They don't have um, any social insurances or are not seen at all in the, in the system. Um, and we're in this podcast obviously talking about gender and climate change. How is plastic pollution, what does it have to do with the nexus of gender and climate change? Um, could you draw some parallels or explain it to, to us a little bit? Mm-hmm. So collection of general or mixed waste is either conducted by municipalities or private contractors appointed by the municipalities in countries like India, Indonesia, Vietnam, Philippines. So this small section of organized work is dominated by men in all of these countries, mm-hmm. right? And women's participation in the waste sector is limited to the informal or unregulated operations, such as recycling collection, either individually or alongside their male family members. And the nature of participation at processing and recycling factories is unregulated. And these women are engaging primarily as daily wage workers. So essentially what you can imagine, like in one of my visits on ground, what I saw was there were a bunch of young girls who were doing the job, this sort of informal work for their uh, family. And when I asked them that how much money were they getting paid for the work they were doing, they said uh, 200 rupees per day, which is like, 2.5 euros per day. And that's that's crazy because that's not even the amount of coffee. Mm-hmm. Like that's not even how much you pay for a coffee in Europe, right? And that's the nature of work that they're doing without having access to gloves or access to basic uh, health, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, safety, uh, safety equipment. Um, this is the state of Um, plastic, like this is how the plastic pollution or crisis is affecting women, essentially in in developing nations. Uh, when they get paid on a daily basis, the money is hard cash. It often is taken away by the men in their family, right? So they don't have uh, access to decision making on how they want to spend the money. They're not independent enough to say where and how I'm, I'm going to use the money, right? Um, and second biggest problem is that when these men, they go uh, for their work on the landfills or for uh, waste collection, because the nature of job is so tough, 
they often consume substances right to numb their mm-hmm. senses which leads them to addiction mm-hmm. so even if they're not really going for a, uh, for their work some days they're still consuming substances mm-hmm. and again the brunt of which is borne by the women in the community right citing the example of my visit from um, to the waste workers colony uh, i was talking with a couple of women and i spotted one who who was just laying in the corner of the small very small little house which has by the way these colonies don't have um portable drinking water or electricity um on asking what had happened to the woman i got to know that um, the previous night her husband beat her up at 2 a.m and cases of domestic violence is highly prevalent in such colonies mm-hmm. because and essentially it is because of the use of substance uh, by people so these guys are trying to use substance so that they can do the job uh, properly but at the same time it's landing them in a vicious rut because then they get addicted they're spending more of their money in substances and at the end of the day this is going to affect the lives of their families and children and uh, that's why they often never come out of this social rut um so that's how women again are impacted by because of the domestic violence um that 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 happens in this commu- these communities and when we come back to like you just mentioned that women are paid like 250 per day like something what you can buy a coffee with in Europe as you mentioned um mm-hmm. and the money gets taken away from from the main um why is mm-hmm. it that a they earn that little and b why does the money get taken away from the main in their household cuz or how does it work better said um because women are the ones buying food for their families and and all that surroundings i see you nodding so you know what we're talking about so why is all that why why does it happen and how is plastic in all that in all that circle <laughs> so essentially this happens because uh these guys are not employed Uh, or they are not registered employed uh, employees right uh so the state cannot really give you access to fair employment uh these are these are the operations that are not registered so um that's why you don't have access to fair wages um if were they operating in a formal setup this wouldn't have been the case mm-hmm. right they would have been paid fairly and this is also what we are trying to do with our work at precycle yeah uh and the second question of why do men take away the money that's just because of the social structure still existing in uh in in our country that even as the women does all the job uh men they have to write i mean they don't really have to write but they yeah they take the right essentially uh and they make the decisions uh essentially so that and also there's no push for women empowerment right like those little young girls uh 
if nobody tells them that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and here's a way you can formalize your work here's a way you can secure your finances they wouldn't know like they don't know better so far um so that's the problem um and one primary problem is that it's just hard cash right imagine if you had money transfer to your bank account it would be way more difficult for someone to take away the money as opposed to like if you're just getting cash on a daily basis so it's easier for uh, also the men in the family to just take away the money yeah yeah and you already mentioned precycle i want to dive mm-hmm. into that because um you have an entrepreneurial solution to the whole whole big problem and i would love if you could share what you're doing there how you came up with it um and what's exactly your your aim to to solve on the world with your with your business so like i've mentioned before um when i finished my masters uh from barcelona i was very clear that i wanted to be a business designer who would build models business models that were self sustaining but also at the same time were doing good for the planet and its people and that's how the whole idea of working on precycle and that's how i also met my co-founder christian um that happened uh what we at precycle believe is that people do know that there exists a plastic problem and it's a global crisis they are aware there is skilled there's also willingness to do something about it but sometimes the problem seems so complicated that you tend to take a step back and stop caring about it you know like you're like this is just too big for me to even make a difference so we want to change that we believe people want to do better and we find you a convenient solution in which you will be able to take plastic action uh one of our services is a plugin which means that you anika if you're shopping uh let's say on an online store at the end of the checkout you will get an option to contribute 1 euro and bring back uh recover and recycle 1 kilogram of plastic waste uh from the environment so this is just like a tick mm-hmm. it's literally plastic action with a tick of a button mm-hmm. uh now when w- every individual does that we are am- amplifying the impact that all of us as a community can have we collect this compensation amount and we divert it to imp- our impact partners in the global south in developing nations so that there is an incentive for them to maintain standards to also provide for fair living fair employment and conducive work environment for their employees the waste workers who are at the bottom of the social pyramid at the moment so this essentially we are making plastic action as easy as a click of a button for anyone from anywhere in the globe mhm mhm um one thing i wanted um when you are working with your partners in the global south so are you providing them also support on how they can produce more environmental friendly 
because when you take the the social yeah when you have that in mind um you're mm-hmm. already looking that the employment gets fair and uh, they get fair wages and women are like women get also a good employment or at least yeah. richest employment mm-hmm. how it does it don't how does it work on the environmental side because that's very nexus we we need to we need to have a look at right yeah so we when we select our impact partners uh, at the moment we have a partnership in bangalore or uh, with saha zero waste uh we have certain parameters right uh these recyclers need to have a proper facility set set up um so and sahas has essentially 60% of women in their workforce yeah <laughs> yes exactly so we only partner up and this is also ingrained in the value system so partnerships here make a really big difference mm-hmm. um these guys have been operating in the market for about 9 years and they have figured out the complications of this uh, this entire landscape right we want to support them and then with the help of our partners we want to also adopt other informal recyclers and give them certain standards that there has to be women quota uh, for example in your facility to be able to have access to our incentives mm-hmm. so that's how we make sure that our value system is basically aligned with our partners and then it trickles down to uh, the other informal worker informal recyclers that we want to convert into formal mm-hmm. uh recyclers but these are like health security health health standards uh, having access to proper uh, sanitation for women and also women quota of course these are the few things that we uh, have set in place and we make sure if we partner up with someone they also follow up on these standards essentially mm-hmm. yeah yeah that does just make sense and that's very i think very inspirational to to tackle it very down to the from the formal to the informal and to to really get can everybody um involved let's say mm-hmm. uh, to to make it better make life better for for basically everyone say let's it be be it formal informal and at the same time while we support these businesses we are also creating some sort of incentive to recycle plastic more than dump it right mm-hmm. uh we are creating sort of a market which is formal uh which is also paying you fairly for the recycled material so that's why we say that at precycle we are achieving triple impact uh ecological impact which is quite uh, direct that we are bringing recovering and recycling plastic waste from the environment social impact by really focusing on women empowerment in the sector um and also for the men to give them formal uh employment and safe conducive environment and third essentially is economic um impact because by pushing these guys or supporting these guys uh, at the beginning we are helping them to sustain themselves in the future they need support now yeah but our goal is that 5 years down the line they don't even need us yeah uh, and they are a model in itself yeah yeah 
Himangana Gupta, she's also from India, and I think you share a very, very similar vision. And Himangana has already been here in this podcast, and she shares the very, very, I think, very important sentence: "Teach people how to fish, and don't just provide them with the fish. You don't have to give people the fish, but teach them how to how to fish, and so that." In five years' time, they don't need you anymore because you taught them how to get there, what to do, and I think that's that's how development and social development should be. Exactly, exactly, and uh, it's not that we know it better what's happening on ground, uh, and that's why we take the and we would be. Uh, uh, Stupid to even foolish to even think that we know exactly what's happening on ground. That's not the point. We don't, but our partners do because they've been operating for years. And we, what we can do is we can help circulate resources and empower those who know what's the right thing to do or uh, um, how to make sure that the money goes where it's needed the most, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where where the people, the grassroots people, people on the ground, know where they invest the resources best. Um, Rinda, one question, because in preparation for this podcast, you told me that you have lots of personal stories to share. I would like to ask you one positive story, if there is one, what has been not very good or very bad and mm-hmm. change to the better if there is a per like a story you could share that would be very inspirational mm-hmm. um i think so far i've i only mentioned stories uh from my my visit to the waste workers colonies but uh, there's also i've been visiting our partners facilities so i went there twice last year um And like I said, SARS has 60% of women in their workforce. Uh, I spent good two days with them looking how they work and how much dignity the work of SARS has gotten in their lives. Um, and I would, I would share like tea and lunch breaks with these guys and ask them about their stories, how they started off and how long they've been with the uh, with sahas and they said that on an average all the women they've been with the company for about three to four years and that's the most amount of like stability they've seen they were struggling to even get money on a regular basis there was that level of in- instability but now they know that every month they will get the money on time in their bank account and they have the right to make the decision of how they will spend the money in the children's education in the health so it was just beautiful to see that how basic formalization of the sector could really bring a scope for brighter future for these families And one of one of them was also so kind enough to show me uh, their family picture, um, and they took so much pride in what they were doing. Uh, at the moment, this sector is looked down upon in the country. 
people now imagine if you don't see other people uh, giving you respect for what you're doing which is also very important waste sector is so important uh, and these guys are not given the due respect for their work uh and this was a beautiful story they took pride in what they were doing yeah and they were happy to come back to their workspace every morning and they would always uh start up their um daily uh, their day with 15 minutes of yoga so they they would line up everyone men women together file in a file and i saw women leading the entire session and i was so beautiful <laughs> sharing food with their uh, co-workers and women are women you take them out of the home or inside the home they'll always have that motherly uh, feel you know so they they would also feed me and lemon rice so i think that was beautiful and that really reminded me of why we are doing what we are doing and how much impact we can have in the lives of not just the waste workers but also the future generation Yeah. There are three points I want to mention here. The worst the first one is that Brenda and I were currently having a video call and your eyes are very big and shiny and you're smiling all over your face over the face and it's just so beautiful to see how it really impacts you personally that you're doing such great things on this earth on this earth and I think that's a very big very big point I want to highlight cuz your eyes are literally so shiny and so bright and <laughs> thank you I mean it just happens to me because when I uh, while I'm talking to you I'm also throwing back to those experiences and I I wish I could also show you some of the pictures um it, it was pretty candid uh from that lunch break that we were having and you will just see the pure joy of uh your work so i think that makes me really proud <laughs> and that's where the pride i come from yeah and there are two things i think you mentioned which i really need to highlight one thing is um waste sector is so important it it is so so important and as you said people are not getting the pride they receive they they need to get and i think we should all be more grateful for what waste workers are doing every day and and can i just also yeah. point out yeah, one, one over um in germany the top sectors that consume plastic construction healthcare auto uh, automobile industry and uh, then there's packaging if you look at all of these sectors you'll understand that most of these things are essentially consumed by people who are wealthy or at least they are doing good enough in life so and people who are affected by the pollution is essentially people who contribute the least to the yeah. problem yes and that's why the least that we can do is give them the due respect mm-hmm. not just in terms of oh well good job but also financially also uh, by providing with a safe infrastructure for these people mm-hmm. right yeah because 
I mean, if they stop doing their job, our house will become a dump, a dumping ground. For the waste we have and produce every day, yeah. And the second point I really wanted to, to outline and mention, what I think is very valuable, and you described it in a very good way, um, women, when they get paid every month, like they know that the money is coming, no one is going to take the money from them, like is not as easy as it was before with hard cash to take the money mm -hmm. and to spend it on random stuff like alcohol or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a very, very important point that we need to highlight that women, when they get the money, they don't just look up for themselves. Oh, I get myself another dress, uh, this, the second one this month. But they care about the whole family. They get the food, they get the health and education. Um, for the whole mm -hmm. family. And that is one thing I really think we need to highlight that if we care for the women and, as you said, give them formal work. We don't mm -hmm. only care about women and their lives, but we care about the whole family and the whole system, what is behind one single woman, woman with a motherly feeling, as you said. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Brenda, we are coming already to the end of our podcast. I know it is super fast. Um, I would like to ask you my last question. Which recommendations would you give policymakers to literally break the nexus between plastic pollution, gender inequality and climate change? I think the most important recommendation that I would give is representation. We need local representation at a global stage to find a solution for this global problem. It cannot happen that somebody sitting in the West will just make policies for uh, developing nations because uh, it's not going to work. Like the problem, plastic problem is different for different countries. The social, political, uh, and economic problems related to this sector is completely different. And if you want to find an impactful solution for it, you need to get insights from on ground. And that will happen if you have representation from on ground, and especially by women, uh, I would say, because they are a big part of the social problem, right? Um, that's, that's one. Second is that making gender equality a part of the requirements for organizations that participate in EPR, Extended Producer Responsibility, or plastic credit schemes, like the one we have. So ensuring that just the way we also sort of ensure that our partners have women empowerment, a big part of their value system, I think we need to have a formal policy that also ensures that women have their quota in this uh, sector and they are well represented throughout the supply chain and not just in some small section of the informal uh, operations. Um, and most importantly, third would be to push uh, this sector to become more formal in the way it's operating at the moment. Um, we don't have current data on how this the operations are run because everything's unregistered. Uh, so we need to formalize 
the sector in developing nations and push and bring that incentive to make it more like businesses should want to recycle more and dump less so creating that sort of incentive in formalizing the work is i think the third most important thing that we need to do at the moment and also that's what we are trying to do with recycle that's awesome that's awesome that you're combining these three things in your in your business and um i really hope policymakers are going to listen to your very valuable recommendations because they're i think absolutely key to to achieve what we want to achieve together yeah Brinda, thank you so much i thank you so so much for being here it was very inspirational and absolutely awesome to have you here today thank you so much thank you so much for sharing your platform with me Thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit the bell to not miss any episode. Together, we change our world for the better.